Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. So... What does it mean to be a modern warrior? First off, the elephant in the room. Warrior isn't a dirty word. A warrior is mindful. They seek excellence and have learned to control their aggression. It's about understanding leadership, developing individual resilience, and seeking consistent human optimization. Remember, lifting heavy isn't dangerous. Being weak is dangerous. Fortune favors the brave, and you're never given more than you can handle. This, then, is the Warrior You podcast. All call signs. Ready, ready, ready. Let's roll! Okay, well, Trent and I are going to be talking today to Marcus Smith, who is an extreme athlete and coach, a motivational speaker, and the founder of Inner Fight, a Dubai-based health and fitness company that delivers increased human performance. So Marcus has a competitive sporting background, having played professional rugby until he retired in 2010. Then he moved into the world of CrossFit and endurance challenges. His life took an unexpected and dramatic turn when he was hit by a truck while riding his bike in 2018, which uh, left him fighting for his life. What did Marcus do? He recovered and went on to complete 30 marathons in 30 days, just nine months after the accident. Uh, Incredible. We had him on in season one to talk about that, so we probably won't talk too much specifically about that today. Marcus has shown uncompromised resilience throughout his career. In addition to the 30 marathons that he's run, he's also completed the following mental fitness challenges. He ran around a track for 24 hours straight, racking up 206.9 kilometers. He ran the Marathon de Sables, a 250-kilometer run across the Sahara, which is the world's toughest foot race. He completed a triple ascent of Mount Venue. Venue, am I saying that right? Which is the Tour de France's hardest climb, Ventois. Sounds better. And he completed a 50-kilometre cycle, 50-kilometre run, 50-kilometre cycle over eight hours in 54-degree heat. So if I'm going to take advice about resilience from anyone, it's going to be Marcus Smith. Through Inner Fight and his motivational talk, The Ultra Mindset, he helps people to reach their peak potential. He has a clear vision of making lives better, encouraging people to always strive for greatness and constantly pushing people beyond their perceived limits. Um, you know what? He's not just another Instagram fad or wannabe. He is the real deal when it comes to resilience and training hard. And I really am looking forward to our conversation today around the important topic of building resilience. So, Marcus Smith, where does today's podcast find you, mate? Finds me actually sat over here in Dubai. I've just got back from a short training session. I'm actually 
it's, it's interesting that we're, we're going to have this chat about resilience because I'm actually in the middle of quite an interesting 48 hours of training. So last night, and maybe you can see it in my eyes, hopefully not. Um, last night I slept for about 60 minutes and we've got about, about 80K, 90K to run today. So yeah. that's exactly where it finds me, mate. <laughs> We've talked before about your 30 marathons in 30 days. Is it mm. something similar to that? What I'm training for at the moment is a, is a 160K race with 10,000 meters of elevation in the Spanish Pyrenees in July. Wow. And what that needs, and this is probably nothing new to you guys, is what that needs is the ability to stay awake for a long time because mm. it's a single stage race, which is quite different to what, to what I do, Bram, normally. And, and to be honest, mate, what I like doing is running every day and doing multi-stage races. So, you know, doing 250K or my, my 30 marathons, I actually quite enjoyed that, you know, just running for five or six hours every day and then, having a sleep, having a feed, telling some shit jokes with my mates and, and, yeah. and, and cracking on to it the next day. Whereas this race demands, it's a single stage race, which I haven't done that many of. And yeah. it was actually, it's actually one of the, it's a format of race that I did my first ultra in back in 2014 and I failed. So yeah. it's a format of race that I need to be ready for. So, you know, and, and to get ready for these races, I think, you know, it's, I can run, I can run up hills, down hills, round hills, but sleep deprivation for me is, has always been quite interesting. And hallucinations are, again, I'm probably preaching to the, to the converted here. Like you guys probably know more about this stuff than I do. And, you know, it's, uh, it needs training, mate. It's like everything. And, and I think that's one thing in, in ultra running is that people, People will not surprisingly run a lot because it's called ultra running. Ultra. But yeah. <laughs> do you know what I mean? But then you look at all the different aspects of it and, and, and that's it. So yeah. we've got about nine weeks till that race and, and we've just been doing a lot of um, sleep deprivation simulation. So I was, on, I was on the bike turbo trainer at like one this morning watching. Actually, I was watching. Um, you boys are like this. It's... Um, the guy, his name is Brian. He does the London Reel. And a few years ago, he made a little documentary called Reconnect. And he went down to Costa Rica and did some ayahuasca. And it's funky, really funky. Um, but yeah. anyway, that's probably a massive side. T- tell Sorry, us, a, tell us about that. Well, I mean, ayahuasca basically, for, for folks that don't know, is, is, is a natural process of basically they believe that we came from the earth and and i actually i a lot of what i believe is 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 very similar we came from the earth and and modern society is is actually pushing us away from our natural habitat so in ayahuasca in simple terms they cook up a almost a broth of different plants and it's a psychedelic so there's there's ceremony and you take this thing you drink this thing and shit starts to happen and the objective is, is that you get things out of your system. And it, it could be a two or three day, you've got a shaman who, who, who leads it, and it could be a two or three day ceremony. And it's really quite screwed up because it, they give you this stuff at night. So it's dark and they chant in, 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 in their language. I don't know if it's Spanish or sorry for my ignorance, whatever they speak in Costa Rica. Sorry if I offend anyone mm. with that. And stuff happens because it plays with your, with your mind. 
this stuff mm. is a is is a psychedelic and you know it does stuff and and it allows things to come out and that's where I kind of align with with these things because I believe that so much of our behavior is programmed in our subconscious from things that have happened in our life that have then become our normal. So let's take a simple example that's actually been bounded around a lot over the last 12 months is, is, is something like people in their youth, something happened where they don't feel a lot of love. So they've reacted quite strangely during the last 12 months because there's mm. a blockage there and there's a programming of the subconscious that keeps doing what it's always done because that's what it's always done, but it's not right. And it takes quite a lot to clean that out. And yeah, ayahuasca does that. So I'm sat at 1.30 this morning re-watching this thing. I watched it when he brought it out a couple of years ago, but I was just in I was just in the state. I was on my turbo. I was like, I've got 90 minutes. And I remember that this documentary was 90 minutes. And I was like, let's go back down this sort of rabbit hole. So very interesting. Very interesting yeah. indeed. You and I are aligned in a lot of things, Marcus. Um you know, you, you know, I've been on your podcast as well. Mm. And, you know, I'm an ex-Special Forces major. I spent my life pursuing high performance. I certainly don't see you as just another sort of Instagram uh, influencer. You are the fucking real deal. And from a resilience standpoint, I'm not sure there's anyone else on earth worth talking to about resilience, to be fair. <laughs> Thank you, I've mate. got to say, I do have a different position with you around sleep deprivation. And, and the Army, Special Forces in particular, you know, we we've got this saying you don't have to you don't have to train to, to be tired <laughs> do you know what i mean like you, you don't have to train to be tired you're going to be tired but yeah. one of the things that that we often look at is it's how you go into being tired so the 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 position your body your mind your health is before you have to be tired under mm. arduous loads and circumstances so i'm going to be really interested in watching yeah you train to be tired because i'd love to be i'd love to be schooled and shown that it's yeah, it's a different, and yeah. mate, I'm, I'm at, I've had this conversation and I spoke to someone that, ha, that comes from a similar school of thought from you. And I think a certain amount of it, mate, is, is purely placebo. Like if I know, for example, so last night I slept, so I was awake from 4.30 yesterday morning. I slept for about 60 to 70 minutes last night at 8 p.m. tonight when it's dark we'll go out and we'll run about 60 to 70 Ks. Now, I know that the hardest part of this race that I'm going to is the second night because that's when I'll have the most fatigue. So what I'm actually, I believe what a lot, I believe what you're saying, mate, I'm, I'm aligned with that, but I wanna know that I can on the second night yeah. of not sleeping, get through it. Am I really training it or am I just tricking my mind and my body and, yeah, and I don't know. I don't really yeah. know, mate. So, you know, and, and that's why I was a little bit careful with what I said there. Like, you boys know a lot more about this shit than I do, you when know. I was, when I was thinking about the 30 marathons in 30 days, and we'll, we'll start, we'll go back to the start in a minute and talk about <laughs> resilience. But when I was thinking about the 30 marathons in 30 days, I was thinking to myself, could I do that mm. um, without the training? Probably not because my body would break down. But actually, the thing that worried me the most about it because getting through a marathon, you can do in a day. Mm. It's the recovery and how much sleep you would get. And at what point do your legs become so sore that you're now not sleeping? Yeah. So it does become a sleep deprivation issue over time. I wonder how that, how, how did that go for you? But that's the thing, mate. And I think that's the thing that we, if we haven't become more aware of, 
and I, I know in Australia, COVID's been quite different to it, thank goodness, to how it's been in the rest of the world. But, you know, I have clients in, in Ireland, in England, and, and we've been quite good here in Dubai. It's been, it's been pretty open. But, you know, that country, those countries have been locked down literally like nine mm-hmm. out of the last 12 months. It's, it's insane. But what it's proved to us is two things. Is one, that the human body and mind is incredibly, A, resilient, but second, and I know we're going to talk about that, but secondly, which is really important, is it's incredibly adaptable. So the journey of those marathons, to put it in some sort of context, is, yes, mate, after five days, sleep was awful because I was in so much pain. But then your body and your mind is like, okay, this is now my new normal. Yeah. And, mate, how, how did, I, I don't know if we spoke about this last time, Bram, and, and, and it's, not, it's not to make me look great or whatever, but I ran 29 marathons with, with an average time of four hours and 10 minutes. Yeah. In the 30th marathon, I ran three hours, 45 minutes. Yeah. My yeah. body is no, shot. Is, 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 that, is that because you knew that that was your last one and you had nothing left to worry about and therefore it was all in the head yeah absolutely mate Mm. it was it was wild it was every time i think about it it just sparks a a different thought process of of what we're actually capable of mate and and then it's like but but i say that as well trent like some days i'd run like like 402 for example and then the next day my legs would be absolutely cooked so i'd have to back it off to like 415 so it was like a roller coaster, but yeah, mate, when you like, how is it that in an ultra, in, in a battle, in, in anything, in, a, in an 800 meter race, at 600 meters, you can be dropping from the pack. And then in that last 50 meters, you're just tearing through, like, you're, it's yeah. like you're reborn, mate. Yeah. You, know? you know I love you know I love the eight hundred meter analogies. <laughs> um, so I did I did the ten kilometers a day for ten days, um, the start of every month for five months last year, and um, geez, was it last year or the year before? That was last year. Yeah. And um, yeah, I, I found that there there came a point where my body, where I stopped losing weight. Yeah. Uh, my body just adapted to it, and. And on the tenth day, I remember going under forty minutes for the for the ten k's, and, I'm, and and which is for someone who isn't training running, it's a, it's fairly moving. Yeah, um, mate, that's incredibly impressive. Yeah, yeah, right. So so it's an interesting to me. It was a really interesting experiment, and it was a resilience experiment for me. It was all about the mind. Okay, let's do it. Let's go. What is Marcus? What is resilience? Oh, mate, if I could sum it up in one sentence. It would be the ability, both physically, mentally, emotionally, every sense that you've got, every part of your body, it's one body, a human body, but the ability to keep going, to pursue your goals or where you want to get to, no matter what comes in your way. That's resilience. It's getting things done because it's not, life is not a straight line. It's not linear. You go up, you go down. And, and it's, it's sometimes when we're up that we quit and sometimes when we're down. It, pe- people quit when they're on a high. Like people will set out to lose 15, 20 kilos and they'll lose five kilos in the first week and they'll be like, I've nailed this. That's, that's quitting. And, and they'll stop, they're on a high. So for me, resilience is just the ability to keep going no matter what, 
to get to where you want to get to, whether that's a goal, a dream, or even just a destination. That's resilience. So how do you see adversity playing into resilience? So, for instance, a crisis, be be that personal or for a team or something along those lines, how does does your definition of resilience fit when when that's happening? It depends a little bit, Trent, how you deal and how you really define adversity because adversity for me is a state of mind. You perceive adversity. Now, someone will turn around and say, mate, like, I'm, and, and let's keep using the pandemic and COVID because I think it's quite relatable. I know it's been spoken about a lot, but it's quite relatable. It's like yeah. people will say that's adversity. And it's like, yeah, it is. And it shot my business apart. We were shut for five months and, and all the crap that came with that. But yeah. what do you do? Do you just lay down? Like, do you just stop? And did you expect at the outset, did I expect when I set up my own business that everything again would be linear, would be smooth? No, of course not. Mm-hmm. So it's almost like, okay, we, do, do you, see, you see a problem and do you see that as an excuse to stop? Do you see that as a, what do you see it as? Mm. And it's like, and, and sometimes mate, don't get me wrong, I don't think you can run through brick walls 24 seven. You kind of, there has to be a bit of perspective around this. But at the same time, people, people are generally nowadays looking for an excuse. So any form of adversity are, you know, are, I left my shoes at home. Like I have guys that come to my gym and they're like, oh, I don't think I can work out today. I left my shoes at home. I'll be coaching. I'll take my shoes off and I'll put them on their feet. And you just remove the excuse. That's, a, that's an adverse condition to be able to do a workout. And I've just removed that excuse. You need my shorts, take them. You need my shirt, take it. I'll coach, I won't coach naked, but I'll coach in my <laughs> underpants if I need to. I'm, I'm pretty sure that, you, I'm pretty sure that your, uh, yeah, your membership would skyrocket. <laughs> your, your Insta followers are all over that. You fellas um, got to remember what part of the world I'm sat in here. Yeah, that's a fair call, that's a fair call. <laughs> um, so, so, you know, mental, mental toughness, hmm. resilience, uh, Angela Duckworth talks about grit. grit. Are we talking about all the same shit? Yeah. Mate, uh. we're all talking the same shit and everyone's writing the book about the same shit. Yeah. And, and you know the funniest thing? We're reading all the books and it's all the yeah. same shit. <laughs> and we're still no fitter than we were or, 20 books ago. Or are we? And do you yeah. pick up a book and expect to get 300 pages or 250 pages of the gospel? Or are you happy to read a book and get one, one absolute nugget. bit of gold. Yeah. And that's, yeah. that's what I say, and I'll, I'll say it on the show, I say it on many different chats that I have, please don't go away and do everything that I say today. Yeah. It won't serve mm. you. Pick one or two things that really resonate, that really go down, that get your ayahuasca out, if we want to call yeah. it that, that really hit you deep yeah. and address those. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Trent, Trent and I are working on a book at the moment for, for Trent. It's going to be published under Trent's name. And it's a, it's a book of knowledge for life. And basically, it's about 800 pages. And they're all blank. But right in the middle of the book, <laughs> it just says, just be a good person. Be a good human. <laughs> just be a good just human. Be a good human. Yeah, hey, yeah. Um, Mark, Marcus, I wanted to uh, just touch on something you just said then. And and you said don't go away and do everything at once. It's interesting, mm. you know, the last time I spoke with you was on Clubhouse. 
probably mm. two or three months ago. And during that particular conversation that you had with the audience, you actually mentioned, um, you know, just make sure you have a glass of water. You've not had any water overnight, all of that sort of stuff. Have a glass of water the moment your eyes open. And uh, yeah. that's something, that's that one piece of information I've taken away. And I'm still doing it uh, each oh, day yeah. now. So yeah, there you go. It's interesting, mate, because that sort of concept actually led into, to, to, to we run with, with the coaches that I have working for me, we run a coach the coach every week. It's a development and, and I'm always thinking of different topics. And, and one of them I came up with from an example like that was, is it a lack of discipline that leads to a lack of motivation? Or is it a lack of motivation that leads to a lack of discipline? Man, you're taking, mm. speaking my language. Um, <laughs> yeah. I don't Mate, know. What do you guys think? What, well, <laughs> it's a difference between motivation and consistency. You know, thinking I was going to put him on the spot and then I was going to give him the, you know, the answer according to Bram. Yeah. <laughs> and he goes, and he goes, well, Bram, you know, you need to be motivated to ensure consistent application. And I was like. Yeah, not the answer I was looking no. for. Better than better than no. the one I could give you. So yeah, I, I I do think someone like you shows that it is possible to be to be motivated, and then we very rarely see a Marcus that isn't. So I'm wondering, do you do you have like a, a sort of a, a thing where you just show up if you're not feeling motiv- motivated? So just show up, as a lot of CrossFitters do. And, I'm, and yeah. I remember you were an ex professional rugby player you know you're an ex-sportsman and so you know about consistent application of effort over time but Mm. do you ever have problems with motivation Marcus no not really mate to be honest now again wrong answer (laughs) the answer I was looking for yeah but I mean I'm I'm gonna try and explain that in a little bit more detail mate so it actually makes it a decent story and and it's the truth Um, (laughs) thank god for that because I don't know where we were gonna go from there (laughs) mate do I wake up every morning and do a backflip out of bed and feel amazing and really want to get it. No, no. I don't. Most days I do, but mm. mate, I'm, I'm 42 years old. I've done things to my body that are probably not, and, and this is what I say to everyone, endurance sport, CrossFit and rugby are, are a disaster for a 42 year old getting out of bed every morning. And, and I'm lucky yeah. that most days I get out of bed and, and feel great. But some days, mate, I'll get out of bed and for absolutely no reason, well, there is a reason, probably haven't slept in the right position. My back is stiff. I haven't slept quite enough hours for the training I did the day before or the stress that I was under the day before. Am I, am I feeling it 10 out of 10? Am I literally in the bathroom high-fiving the guy in the mirror? No, not at all, mate. You know, mm. and, and I'd, be, I'd, I'd be absolutely lying, but am I still excited about what I have to do that day? Yes. Why? Because I'm doing things that I love doing because I've made my life what I love. And you could say I've made a number of different sacrifices. I left a job that paid me an absolute fortune. I've sacrificed having, having children so I can pursue what I'm doing. I've, I told my mates when I left Australia in 2004 that I'd be back living with them in two years time and we're you know 17 years later and they're like mate are you coming you know and and all of this kind of stuff and you know but I'm super fired up about what I'm doing and you have to I think if we sit around and read all of these books and think that by reading them we're going to have enough motivation to do backflips out of bed every single day we're absolutely delusional it's not like that 
the human no. body is not structured like that. Our central nervous system is not structured like that. It's yeah. never going to happen. And I think that's where a lot of people lose a lot of motivation because they read these books, going back to the book example, because I think it's a great one. And, and there are so many great books out there. I list all the books over on my blog and I've read pretty much every book out there and, and I've got a lot from them. But we read them and we get fired up and then a few weeks later, it's not quite what we think it's going to be. And that's yeah. a lot about self-awareness. We have to just know that there's going to be ups and downs. And I don't want to sound like a broken record. I've probably said it five times already, but life's yeah. not linear. It, yeah. it, it just isn't. And you guys know that. And we all know that. So why are we always expecting it to be linear? Yeah. I've got a saying, Trent knows it well. I hold myself to it and I try and hold Trent to it occasionally too. Um, don't I, Trent? You know, show me your schedule and I'll show you your priorities. Yes. So if you haven't scheduled in the morning workout, then you don't give a shit about it actually. If, if you haven't scheduled in, you know, one-to-ones with, with your best mate to talk about business, Trent, then you probably don't give a shit about it. <laughs> right. um, send the invite. <laughs> Boom. Well played. Well played. So so for me, you know, show me your schedule, I'll show you your priorities and that way you don't have to rely so much on your on your motivation. Yes. And you can and and there is that old saying, just show up, just turn yeah. up. I mean that's a that's a CrossFit maxim. Just just yeah. rock up. You know, we're not turning this into the gospel of CrossFit, but Yeah. Um it, but you know, if it wasn't for CrossFit and Romwad, I probably wouldn't be bloody as you know, wouldn't be in the state I am now. But yeah. <laughs> his, uh, yeah. his Zimmer frame's just on his left, by the way, folks. Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I, I think that's so true, mate. Like sorry to but like I think it's so true, but what does it take to develop that schedule? It takes discipline. Mm, yeah, that's what it takes. It takes mm. you sitting down. We're, we're, you know, we're a Thursday recording this. That's the last week yeah, day of the week in Dubai. You know, Friday tomorrow for you guys. It takes the discipline to sit down on a Thursday or Friday afternoon and map out your next week or the yeah. week after, it's hopefully. True. Yeah, and a lot of people are are just scared to do that. Yeah, you said before, Marcus, that resilience is you know you're up and down. My my thoughts are that resilience is not so much an elevator. You're not really up or down. It's really just a long track without a map, and you know it takes support. And, and you know, you know, you're used to long tracks without maps. I'm sure. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, what What are your thoughts? What are your thoughts are about that? You know, what? mate, I I don't disagree. I mean, it's it's more for for me. Resilience is keeping going no matter what happens. Life is going to go up and down. Mm. If you're resilient, you're going to keep going through it. And you're going to have, and I think this is one of the important things. And, and this is more, if you read these books and you listen to these podcasts like this one and you reflect, what we're actually talking about is building, establishing, and then executing an operating system. That's all we have to That's do. That's right. That really well, is, is the bottom yeah, line. I like, like that. I, I, I want to ask it. people, like, what is your operating system? What do yeah. you do when, you, when you're in the shit? And a lot of people go, yeah. uh, you know? Yeah. Your narrative. I, I, I interviewed uh, Kari Pierce, the, mm-hmm. the CrossFit athlete, a few years ago. And we, we talked about toughness and, and resilience and stuff. She, she didn't understand it the way that probably you and I understand it. She was different. She understood mm-hmm. it in a different way. For her, it was just fitness, right? Yeah. But then I said to her, um, oh, okay, in a really tough workout, when, when other people want to, 
you know, drop the bar? What keeps you going? Mm. And, and she said, you know, you're either friggin' tough or you're not. She goes, you're either tough or you're not tough in the head. Mm. And I said, right, can, you, can we train someone to be that? And she goes, I don't think you can. She goes, you've either got a tough disposition or you don't. And she goes, I've met plenty of really fit athletes who are gifted mm. and not tough. She goes, and I've met some tough people who aren't great athletes and, and they, can, they can send it. Yeah. You know, and I was like, wow, that was such an interesting, it was a nugget. It was a, it, it was a you know, because I, I believe I'm mentally tough. Yeah. But, I, but not the, but when I was fitter, I was mentally tougher. I didn't have to draw on it so quickly. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's do interesting. Think, do you think that we can train that? Yes, I do, mate. I genuinely right. do think we can train it. But I also believe that if, if we try and unpack a little bit more what she said is she come to a point in her life, whether she was 18, whether she was 20, where she realized she was tough. She realized she's got grit, call it what you want. What I would say is you've learned that along the way. Yeah. And you know those things because of what you've been through, because yeah. we are a product of our environment. However... I can get someone 18 years old or at 25 or at 45 years old. And so long as I can understand why they behave in the way that they behave and going back to what I was saying, understand what's happening in their subconscious mind that's forcing them to behave in the way that they can behave. And if they let me change the environment that they're in and then for want of a better word, reprogram or a phrase, reprogram their subconscious, then we can make them mentally tougher. And to right. be honest with you, we're, we're doing that here within what we're doing in a fight, whether it, people are in the gym, whether they're on our endurance programs, we're, we're just rewiring them. And you guys work with people, you kind of know what it's like. People come in the first day and you know it, it, it's this, and then you look six months later and you're like, wow. Or they'll turn around and yeah. they'll say, I was not able to do this. I'm now so much mentally stronger. Yeah. And then you, you, then you unpack what's, what's changed and you've trained mental toughness. The military yeah. makes a, a business of that uh, on a daily basis. You know, we, we're yeah. taking our raw product off the streets through ab initio training. Then, you know, they get through that. They're uh, physically and mentally tougher than when they first went in. They yeah. go on and do their next level of training and, and, you know, be that infantry or whatever. And then, you know, down the track, they end up special forces. So yeah. progressively yeah, we're know, training Trent. that level of both mental and I physical don't know. toughness. I don't know, Trent. I, you I, don't think so? I, no, I, I, I very rarely disagree with you about stuff, mate, especially <laughs> given, given your, like, vast experience, to be fair. But when I think about, I think what the Army and the ADF does really well, and this would just take a couple of minutes, Marcus, but I think what they do really well is they is they build uh, discipline. So so impose discipline that leads to self discipline. But when I look at when I ask a CrossFit athlete, someone like Kerry, you know, about mental toughness, it's it's like it's like oranges and apples. When you ask someone at that level, their understanding of mental toughness is completely different. If I talk to a young guy in an infantry battalion, are you mentally tough? Like, it's carrying a stretcher for twenty kilometers. You know they're not they're not at they're not at the limits of their endurance or their metabolic conditioning for very long at all 
No argument. And mental toughness is a dark, dark place. And I mean, I, I find it. I've, I used to be able to switch that switch myself and go into a dark place metabolically and maintain it. Can't do it much anymore. We call it something else, you and I, Trent. A little bit of bit of sea bomb about you. Right? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I mean, I know we've got an explicit podcast, but I'm not going to. I'm not going to ostracise it. <laughs> right. But that's, having a little bit of sea. That's so you know, true, but, uh, mate. Yeah. It's so true. And and one thing that. I, th- I love the way you frame that, mate. And this what, could the C-bomb. be. Yeah. <laughs> but this, I mean, this could be a CrossFit podcast because we hear it a lot in CrossFit that people are mentally tough. Actually, what we're testing in CrossFit for the most part is not mental metabolic. toughness, it's purely metabolic conditioning and strength. Mm. The strongest mm. athlete will lift the most weight. Yeah. No, 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 that's right. And I, I look at myself against, I mean, I go to a great little gym here in Western Australia and, and they, are, they are mostly all metabolically conditioned now because the, the, the guy who runs it, you know, uh, Matt, he, he's a real stickler for, for training and, and understands how it works mm. and, they, and they are metabolic, metabolically tough. And, and I find quite often that I am drawing on a little bit of mental toughness to keep up with some of the younger athletes. Yeah, yeah. They don't know the places I can go, but also they've seen me a long way behind them <laughs> metabolically, <laughs> you know. But, but, but you know what? They, they're not carrying someone shot 20 kilometres mm. cross country like, a, like an infantry guy. That's different. Yeah. That's, a, that's a long, arduous... You know, now we're starting to talk about emotional toughness yes! coming into the frame. That's what I was going to say. You know, being able to regulate you know, and I think, Trent, if, if that's where you were going with that, then, yeah, like d- the military definitely does that. Yeah, so what my, I guess my point was is that we were talking about can we train this and, you know, going back to this, you know, the previous guest on the podcast, um, you know, can we train this level of toughness and resilience into people? And, and I think that you can. You, you certainly do. And, Marcus, you were talking about, you know, you get to a point because you have been trained to get to that point. Mm, and yeah. sure, it's a different point because we're looking for a different product. Marcus, you're a different product from what is required out in mm. an infantry battalion in a, in a Western Army, right? Mm. So, so I guess... Yeah, it's a good point. Yeah, so my, I guess they are certainly more physically, emotionally, mentally resilient. Are they, are they this yeah. you know, amazing athlete specimen that you know, we're talking but, about? But, no, they're not. But what, about, but what about, Marcus, if we're to take a, a middle-aged 35 40 year old guy or girl um and and they've got you know they don't have much conditioning they're a little bit soft in the middle <laughs> they, they come into trent's raising his hand for the podcast audience <laughs> right and and we and what we want to do is then they're, they're not they're not me right mm. they haven't come from a background where they've trained every day yeah. for 20 or 30 years albeit I could do with this as well I guess mm. but they're coming to you from a, from a job where they're sedentary a lot of the time and you want to make them a beast or you yeah. want to make them more resilient and they're committed yeah. how do we go about doing that how does that how does that happen the number one thing and I think it, it links back to, to what Trent said why the army is so successful is because the environment is controlled 100% mm. you have that human being, whether it's he's just enlisted, whether whatever rank, and you can control their environment 24-7. There are zero distractions. A little bit old school, but you know, there was, there was no communication with the outside world. 
And if, if I look at myself, this is kind of where I think a lot of, of, of my traits have come from. I went to a boarding school in the north of England when I was nine years old. My parents were living here in Dubai and I went over on a plane and I said goodbye to them and I would see them in three months. And I had no phone, no email, one handwritten letter a week. Mm. So the environment is completely controlled and disciplined. The reason why that we can't create that now, what I would do with that person, Bram, is I would try and control as much as I can right. their environment to a point where, and, and I've done it, mate, we go into people's houses and just rip things out of cupboards, be it bad food, be it, you know, wh whatever it is, bad memories, clothes that are too big, clothes that are this, things that are, are, are creating different reactions. This is all yeah. environmental, mate. Got it. And the problem is, is That's that- That's the nugget right there. No, I'm, There's I'm, the I'm, nugget. I literally, <laughs> mentally recorded that that's the thing i'm taking away from this conversation i'm, do, I'm doing mean, you're it talking tonight about, you're talking about digital you're talking about digital stuff too so you control the environment through yeah. my fitness power you're controlling the environment through through the the gym's community you're controlling the environment through restriction to social media where they see things that put them in a negative frame yeah. of mind if they're a if they're a uh, if they're an op uh, a uh, pessimist mm. um Mate, that's powerful, Marcus. And uh, mate, yeah. let, let's let's talk about the the, 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 the low-lying fruit here. I've done it with people. Social media. Yeah. Get yeah. hold of their phone, check who they yeah. follow on Instagram, and go yeah. one by one with them, which person makes their life better or worse. Do you get Love happy? It. We've done this as well, yeah. Or, yeah. Or, yeah. or do you get sad when you see that when you see that post? Do an audit. Do an. I mean, I stopped following. I stopped following. Well, I mean, I'm gonna, you know, letting it out on the podcast. I stopped following competitors because yeah. I was spending my time watching competitors going, "Oh, I wonder what they're doing." Yeah. And this wasn't good for me. Who gives a shit? I mean, check in on stopped. them, mate. Check in yeah. on them, but you yeah. don't need it in your face the whole time. Yeah. That's yeah, yeah, and yeah. when I talk about environment, it's not just you know we made it sound quite sort of archaic there a little bit. I was at boarding school, army barracks, yeah. like, you know, awful. Yeah, yeah. People are like, no way. But your environment mm. is the environment that's coming mm. into you with, why are you listening to this podcast? Yeah. You know, are you getting yeah, something? Yeah. It's all yeah. the environment. Joe, Joe Rogan, if you're listening, that's why I start following you, dude. I was just sick yeah. of shit. <laughs> um, <laughs> who is that guy? I don't know, some loser. Um, it wouldn't, I said I'd do, I said I'd fight I said I'd fight McGregor. I've never heard that. Um, so, Marcus, you've been to the edge of, of human performance. And, uh, and not many people really, okay, not many people really have been to the edge of what they can do with their body. What's, what starts to go first? Is it the mind or is it the body? A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. That's where you have to understand that you can separate the two, but you can put the two together as well. Mate, as I said earlier, day five on my marathons, my legs were sore. 
it's not, I can tell my mind anything I want. I can try and distract myself, but pain is pain. We all feel it in a different way. So your body will give out. It will do. Your legs, your muscles, with, especially when you go for a long time, you know, again, if we go back to sleep deprivation where we started, that will get, you can be as mentally strong as you want, but at some stage you're gonna fall asleep, you know? Yeah. So it's, and that's the thing, it, it, it's kind of, people want to separate it because they want to compartmentalize it and then they want to go all in on that area. So if I'd have answered, nah, as long as you get your mindset right, you can do absolutely anything. Well, that's true to a point, but a strong mind won't give you, I mean, you said it, mate, like you probably could run a marathon tomorrow and you probably could do one the next day, but there might be a chance because of the actual physical condition of your body, no matter how strong your mind is, that by day three or four, it might give yeah. up. So no, agreed. Yeah. The, no, this agreed. is where we have yeah. to really, you know, we, we have to make sure that we, 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 we sort of keep everything together, but also yeah. have the ability to split yeah. things apart. I knew of you when I was in Dubai. I went down there and trained a couple of times. Not sure if you're aware of that or not. Um, you had a crazy Russian guy in there. You weren't there. And they had these t-shirts, show no weakness. And I remember thinking at the time, what a crock of shit. But then I remember you running your, uh, we were there when you did your 30 marathons for 30 days. There's been times when I've been in the, in the gym back here in Australia and I'm thinking to myself, oh God, this hurts. And then I think, oh, show no weakness. And it's so it's obviously catchy and it goes in your mind. And I, and I might have a couple of inner fight t-shirts, by the way. So the, the idea around show no, show no weakness is to try and enjoy the suffering, <laughs> at least to understand the journey of the suffering is, is, is that what it is? You're very close, mate. To be honest, and this might sound quite straightforward, but when I came up with it, I was just like, people are too soft. People are giving up too easily. People are too soft. It doesn't mean that if your hamstring is hanging off, bang your chest and you shout, show no weakness, show no weakness, and your hamstring's gonna be okay. That's just pure stupid stupidity. Do you get what I'm saying? But it's, it's looking at life and going, well, yes, I can do that. And it's not looking for excuses because if you look for excuses, you'll find them, you know? And, and I just felt that people were giving up too early in, in so many different areas of life. And I, I thought, what is our brand? What do I really stand for? And, and I was like, no, we, we have to keep going. We can figure stuff out. We can, we can find a solution. We can, we can, we can cross this river if, if, if you want a, you know, a better way, but you know, we might not be able to cross it here. We might have to go up there and, you know, and, 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 and this comes back to my sort of linear analogy is that everyone wants a goal and it's A to B and it's a straight line, but it never is a straight line. But once we have to go left, we become soft. But for me, that's actually more exciting because it'd be so boring if it was a straight line. It'd be like, oh, great, now I'm here. That's awesome, you know? Yeah, I saw, I saw uh, Trent a few, about a month ago now, we did a workout together. It might have been a bit longer than that. Mm. And um, I remember thinking the show no weakness as we were going through it and how proud I was of, of you, Trent, because it was, well, it was the first CrossFit workout you had ever done. It was the first workout that you'd done that had metabolic conditioning in it. It was 12 shoulders to overhead and a 400 meter run five times through. And you just were a steam, you just were an old diesel engine, just, just, you know, going, going, going. And I was out there with a young, 
I was out there trying to teach the young guys, you know, to <laughs> some to respect my authority, and uh, and you and and you just and you just finished, walked in, and went right. Let's uh, let's go get on with the day, and I was like, respect, you know. Yeah. Um, and it was yeah. I, I do think that there's something to that. And Marcus, do you know when people are dropping reps? Do you know as a coach when yeah. people are from a resilience perspective? Mm. Do you think that people who do that are creating habits? They're greasing the groove for the future, where they're creating shortcut habits. No. Yes and no. Right. The re- there, there is a reason why they're cutting those reps, mate. And as, a, as someone, I've crossed, coached CrossFit for, I don't know, mate, over 10 years, almost 15 years now. I can count four people at once. That's kind of my max. Yeah. Especially if it's like high reps, if it's like 60 something here and the other guy's on like 17, that gets really challenging. But generally if it's between one to 10 or one to 15, I can do four people at once. And the way that I'll react to someone and then to another person is completely different. Because I know, for example, someone will come in, you can tell they're completely intimidated by the space. They, they're, they're not, they've not been part of team sports, but they just want to get better. They're cutting reps so that they don't look like the odd one out. Right. So on day so one... They're, self, they're self-scaling. They're self-scaling, mate. Because they don't yeah. want to look like the odd one out because they're so petrified of this environment. So for me as a coach to call them out or to shout at them for not squatting below 90, which is like the biggest CrossFit load of crap ever, is the wrong thing to do on that day. That's why it's bullshit. And and on that point, if there are CrossFit people listening, what would I do with Trent? I'd take him to one side and I'd make some, after the class, I'd make some analysis and say, okay, Trent, it would be good and it would help you for when you're having a shit every morning if we could get you moving in the right way, you know? And and that's all we're trying to do. So we just reframe it like that. But then you've got the other person who is so egotistical, for example, that they don't want to come last. So they're cutting reps. Now, why are they egotistical? What really is going on? How are they measuring themselves? Are they measuring themselves against the guy that's been doing CrossFit for four or five years? So I think a lot of coaches, and, and I don't want to bash coaches, but a lot of coaches, they're, they're just glorified cheerleaders and one of, their, one of their cheerleading jobs, aside from programming the clock, shouting really loud, putting shit music on, is abusing people for not doing the movement correctly, even though the correct form might compromise their safety, and shouting at them about reps. And yeah. it's like, you don't need to, there's not one size fits all for this. And yeah, I've, you know, I've got to say, I think you're right on point, Marcus. And the coach that one of the coaches that I work with, um, Matt Davies, he's a really good coach here in in Perth, and mm. and he he is a great cheerleader. Yeah, but he's also what he's also very good at is having a, a standard, and then and then enforcing those standards. Yeah, and and one of the things that I really like about him, and I got I, I bloody like this. You know, and I, I wish CrossFit coaches would do this more because they'll get more resilient uh, athletes. Yes. Is he, is he says, um, if you don't finish a workout, then you don't get to put it in as RX. Now, not many, not many CrossFit uh, uh, coaches do that. They just, you know, you get to put your time in mm. and, and tick RX next to it, like, mm. you know, the, the prescribed. But if, you, if you're doing 60 kilo, if you're doing, for instance, if you're doing cow sue, Yeah. 
<laughs> right? And you're doing the, you know, you're doing 60 whatever kilogram thrusters, which is a lot. Yeah. And you don't finish the workout in a prescribed time. You don't get to put in RX next to it because you didn't finish the workout. It might be a bad example, but yeah. because we should be scaling things so you can actually yeah. finish the workout. On, on that, mate, as well, it's, it's, it's actually funny you, you bring that up because that, that was almost one of the greatest things about CrossFit when it all started, that we all got to put our scores on the board and there's this healthy competition. Mm. But about six years ago, we stopped putting scores on our boards. And every, in, in a fight? Yeah. We don't, yeah. We don't take anyone's scores, mate. Yeah. We don't care. It's up to the coach because that also breeds to me quite lazy coaching. Yeah. I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to coach 15 people in a room. I've got them for an hour. I'm going to give them everything I've got, including my shit music, and I'm going to make sure that every single person leaves better. I wonder then how many people during the CrossFit Open, for instance, the people that used to get towed up a lot by others in the room, suddenly... Don't do there's it. There's a bit, of, bit more of an equal... There's a little bit more of an equal playing field. and, and Well, they just because, don't do it, mate. They just yeah. don't do it. They just, yeah. oh, I'm not ready. Not ready? Yeah. You've been freaking training the whole year, bro. You're ready as you're <laughs> going to be. You know what I yeah, mean? Yeah, yeah, it's, um, it's a very interesting one, mate. But I, I think what it comes back to, and, and we've spoken about this before, is as a coach and also as a human, like... We're three old blokes, or we're three middle-aged blokes here, but, you know... Speak for yourself, mate. <laughs> we, we've got people coming in our gym, or us three are going in a gym. Actually, our number one objective of that one hour is to enrich our life. It's to make yeah. ourselves slightly better in some way, shape, or form. It could be build a relationship with another human in that gym. It could be get a little bit stronger, get a little bit fitter, shed a little bit of weight. But all of these things is to try and make us better. What a lot of fitness does is actually makes us worse because of the way that people's mindsets work. So a good coach has to figure that out. And the good coach's responsibility is that every single person leaves their class a slightly better human being. And right, and that's your, that's your mission too, isn't it, Marcus? Yeah, that's what we want to do. We want to yeah. make their lives yeah. better, mate. Like, you, you hear it all the time. I've been going to the gym for six months and it's shit. Like, that's awful. I would hate mm. someone to come to my gym for six months and say it's a bit shit. Yeah. You, you know what I mean, mate? And, and, and it's yeah. like, we're not serving people in the right way. Our, our job is to serve people. When you are leading people in, in, in the forces, your job is to serve those people, to bring them forward mm. with you yeah. and to make them the best they can be and then you become the best that you can be. But yeah. we're a bit lost in, in this right now. Experiencing that right now. Are you? Mm. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, so, yeah, so um, you know, I had a... Um, I injured myself sort of stepping up my training back in the gym probably three weeks ago. Right. Um, and... Uh, you know the experience isn't isn't great in the gym that I'm in at the moment, and I am genuinely motivated. Mm. But uh, there's there's no there's no follow up. There's no uh, you know aftercare from a coach mm. or from the coach. So so that's interesting. So I'm experiencing exactly what you're talking about right now. Mm. And th it's mm. really interesting. interesting as well, mate, because there are and and this is the playbook we have. We we have a coach's toolkit that gives the coaches all of these these tools you know it could be something as simple as spending 20 seconds with you at the end of the workout or during yeah. the workout and mm. actually Trent I mean 
I don't know you super well, mate, but it could be actually me caring about something else that's going on in your life. That's maybe why you're not feeling great about that gym. But if I try and unpick that, if I try and figure out like who was that guy from Dubai you were talking about on the podcast and we jumped down that route and you know, just to know you a little bit deeper because yeah, it's air squats and burpees guys, but on a deeper Jeez, level. He's good. He's good, Trent. He's good. He's picked you, mate. He's picked you. He hasn't even tried. But on a, on a deeper it. level, cut, it's cut it out, bro. something else. So, so Marcus, one, one piece of equipment that, yeah. that either scares you, that you would say, this is the piece of equipment. If I had nothing else to train with, it would be this thing because this is the thing that's going to work for me. You know, this is such a great question, mate. And it's something that I've completely changed my my opinion on. For years and years and years, it was like Desert Island, which piece of equipment do you take? And I was like, Concept 2. You take a Concept 2. They're the best. You can do everything. That's that's what I would say right now. Yeah. Am I I, wrong? I was was like that literally, mate, for, for years. Yeah. Wind back to... And about this time last year, a little bit earlier, May, when we went into a lockdown here in Dubai, I own a gym. I could have anything I wanted in my house. And Holly, my wife... What did you take? What did you take? Well, this is it, mate. So Holly was in Australia. She got... We were apart for four months. It was all good. She was in Noosa. She was having the time of her life. So I take... I take a barbell. I take about 100 kilos of plates. I take a, a rowing machine. I take... I took about four different weights of dumbbells i took kettlebells i took a box i I took way too much mate what did i use the most the two 45 pound dumbbells that's basically all i used yeah so two 22.5 kilo around about that that, yeah yeah Yeah. and actually mate on some days i had the 35 pound dumbbells and on some days they were way better so and we're talking about things like um I mean, you can do all sorts of basic anything. stuff with them, but, but you can also do devil's presses and... Anything. You know, anything. Yeah. And I mean, I mean, mate, again, looping back into it's COVID, cheap. that's what's taught us, you know, and, and it was the same. Actually, in Australia, it was the same because Holly tried to get some, some workout stuff because the gyms did close there and yeah. everyone was sold out. And, you know, in the end, she Holly went for two months with a... I think around about a 25 pounds, so a 12, one 12 kilo dumbbell she got given by the local gym and one skip mm. rope. And mm. you, can, you can do a lot with that. You can do a yeah. lot with it. So do I fear those dumbbells, mate? Yes, I do to a certain bet, extent. Yeah. Um, but that's all I would... That. Did, you, did, did you create any crazy workouts that you've then taken to inner fight and, and shared with them with two yeah. 45 pound? Yeah, I mean, mate, I, so you boys are like this. I, I created a, a, a concept called Club 444, which was a, actually we used to, we still run at 6 a.m. On a, on a Tuesday morning together. And I would start training at, at 4, 4.44 on that day and try and get a workout in before. So when we went into lockdown, those workouts became even more important to me because of the discipline of, when there was nothing, when there was no track to get up for at 6 a.m., I would still be up at quarter past four and doing those workouts. And they're always a 40-minute workout, and we're up to about, I think I've got 60 of them now. And I just sort of, because I coach quite a few people online, I, I'll, I'll take them 
through those workouts. It's, it's quite funny. I'm, I'm, I like new things and new ideas and always put new stuff together for people. But stuff that's tried and tested like that is just absolutely beautiful, mate. So my yeah. sort of with my clients, my club 444 workouts are, and I still write one a week. I, I put my hand up. I don't do them every single week now because my because of what I'm training for right now. But uh, mm. but yeah, mate, and, and, and with 245 pound dumbbells, just to, you know, for those that do like fitness and CrossFit, just to, 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 to let you salivate a little bit, it, it would be something like on the minute, 40 seconds worth of thrusters, 20 seconds rest, next minute, maybe 40 seconds of devil's press, you mentioned it, mate, 20 seconds rest, third minute, just max out burpees. And I would give people targets, you know, you want to be hitting 22 burpees in that minute if, if you want me to give you the workout next week. And then you get one minute rest and we're going to do that for 10 rounds. Holy <laughs> Yeah, that's easy. Yeah. And it's um. just, but infinitely scalable because we work on time domains and, mm. you know, and obviously, mate, I, if, it, if it's my mum that I'm giving the workout to, which I do and she's 75, I'll get her to do like six burpees in, in that in that yeah. third minute, you know? Um, so with, with, with in a fight, Marcus, and not to, just cause I know time's sort of precious for sure. you, but do, do you have, do you yeah. have a kid sort of? Yeah, we so do, I, the other day I had my nine year old, now nine, turned, turned nine just recently. Mm. Um, we had the box out in the garage and he's now able to, he can crush the, the 24 inches just straight up on a 24 inches. It's not very tall. Amazing. So we put it up to 30 inches. I've got the video. I'm going to send you the video. Yeah, do. Right? Yeah. And so he's standing there with a 30 inch and he's like jumping on it, but he's putting his knees on it and I'm encouraging him and he's walking away, getting angry, coming back, falling off of it, staring at it. Like it's the most beautiful video I've ever taken of him. Yeah. So then I put a five kilo plate down and he jumped off the plate onto the box and he made it. Yeah. He did that a few times and then I took the five kilo away and then he tried a couple more times and then I said, it's all in your head. You can you can mentally do this, and then he did it, and he and he landed both feet in a perfect full squat like overhead squat Amazing. position, which I'm also very very jealous of. <laughs> yeah, right. And then he stood up and he just looks at me and he's like, "Told you I could do it." Right. <laughs> so the thing is, I very rarely see adults put that application into a new skill. Mm. Certainly not at the moment in time. Yeah maybe over a long time and they fail a lot that you don't see it. Yeah. But he failed 30 times mm. and wasn't a failure. He was a success. Yeah. How do we teach adults to fail better? I believe that it's, it goes back to what we've spoken about. It's a programming of the subconscious and what failure actually means to us. And also, mate, it's funny. It's so funny listening to you explain that putting the plate there and then he then he can jump because that's exactly what I do with adults. Mm. Some adults, and, and this is where it's quite different. Some adults, sadly, have been in, inactive for 15 to 20 years. So yeah. their motor connections and their actual belief of being able to do something is, is almost, for want of a better term, evaporated. Mm. And they also, I think, because we know more and we probably know too much that creates more fear within us as well mm. and then they'll use a simple excuse why do i need to jump on a 30 inch box and i'll mm. be like well why don't you 
you know mm. it's a real i don't have because you can't yeah you know what i mean i'm like well why you know i, I want to be able to i hate snatching mate it's my mm. in crossfit it's is, is the thing that i hate the most and mm. but i want to be able to at least snatch a, a 40 kilo barbell for reps all day long mm. you know mm. and it, it, it's a weird one i don't have a, a, a straight answer for you on it mate and because I think it's totally different for, for every human. But mm. kids, in kids, we're programming their subconscious as we go. He's nine. He's yeah, amazing. He's, you've pro, you're programming him in this incredible way. And this is mm. why it, and it's tough for me to say because I don't have kids, but it infuriates me when I mm. see adults using technology as pacifiers for kids mm, mm, because mm, mm. we're programming them in completely the wrong way and that Agreed. is why as a race we're going to go extinct whether it's 200 400 or a million years from now because of the way that we're programming our future generations. well done well done tiktok yeah yeah it destroyed us <laughs> well what about all the adults that hopped on it during lockdown like for real yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. no that that is a hard no from me yeah mate hard, hard no. hard no yeah yeah, yeah. i don't know <laughs> i saw it i mean one of our clients did a great bloody multimedia <sighs> and this is video the, the other day that was so actually inspirational yeah, and that's um, the yeah. thing isn't it it's like it goes back to it good use of technology bad use of technology yeah. and then you know three blokes like us then we start getting told that we are too old and that we're our yeah. mindsets old school and you know because i went to yeah. boarding school and you guys came from the forces we're yeah. you know we're old school well mm. we're not really we're, we're doing a podcast yeah. <laughs> yeah i'm also i'm also 48 and can handstand walk across my office exactly boom whenever i um, want to <laughs> whenever i want exactly. I'm, I'm trying to handstand walk downstairs now hey that trent i'm not gonna I know. I'm not gonna. Um, I'm not gonna wrap it up just yet, Trent, because I know you've probably got a couple of questions for Marcus before we ask Marcus where people can find him, mate. So what? Have, what do you want to ask him? Yeah. So I was. I was interested to talk to you about what. You, what you think the difference is between resilience and mental toughness? Mm, that's a very good question, mate. I mean, we, you, you said before we're all talking about the same mm. shit, and I just wanted to get back to that because. Mm. I'm really interested in in the difference. I don't think there is a massive difference, mate. I think they're, to want to put it in a different way, I think they're both just the same. They're both buzzwords. If you're resilient, like if you, if you, if I said to you, if I flipped it around and I said to you, give me one or two characteristics of resilience, one of them would be mental toughness. And if I asked you for a characteristic of mental toughness, there could be a good chance that you'd say resilience. So is it one of the same? What's resilience to me? Not giving up, just mm. to keep on going. How do I keep on going? Through mental toughness. So it's chicken and the egg a little bit, mate. I don't know. Mm. I, I think you guys are probably better, better read to, to, to define that than I am, if, if, if I'm totally honest. Without trying no, to pass I the think, buck, I think that <laughs> yeah. Look, the thing with with resilience is a, a lot of resilience is what you bring to the party right now. Mm. We've talked about so, that on the last podcast, you know. And Patricia Suavuta Trent as well, doesn't she, mate? She says to us, resilience is how you bounce back 
and that's and that's my and that's my approach. But the thing so with, it's bouncing the thing, back from adversity, right? But the thing, but the thing with Marcus, and this is why he's such a bloody great guest for this podcast. Yeah, is he, I agree. He's not. He's never bouncing back. He's always he's always on the edge of his resilience because there's always an, an endurance challenge. So it's it's probably an unfair question asking you about resilience, Marcus, because you're still you're still really pushing those boundaries of what you can can achieve into the future i think i appreciate those kind words bram and 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 without sounding like an arrogant prick i kind of agree because so many people are on the way back to fitness or coming Mm. back from this like when i had my crash in 2018 like Mm. you could define it that i was coming back to life but i was living my life every day on Mm what you've just kindly described on the edge of what I could do. And when I first went to the gym 14 days after I got hit, what I could do was, was just raise my arm to sort of shoulder height. But I did like something stupid, like 300 of them until it got my body told me to stop. And, Mm. And I think that's almost a mindset. Well, it is a mindset because it's like, oh, I've had another failure. Okay, mm. I, I'm not saying I don't have failures. I'm like, yeah, I've had a failure. We learn. Now what are we going to do? Mm. And maybe I don't digest things. Maybe I don't convalesce for long enough. Maybe I do try and move directly to the next thing. But that's why, yeah, I, I just see it a little bit different that, you know, yeah. yes, there's adversities. It's not all smooth sailing. I said it earlier and I try and be as vulnerable as I can. And when I get accused of not being vulnerable, I just remind people that I stood on a athletics track and I told everyone I was going to run around it for 24 hours. And I don't think you could be any more vulnerable than that. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, and people, you know, people don't understand that we we are vulnerable in different ways. Yes. I totally agree with that. Totally agree with that, mate. Because you know, the fact of the matter is that you can do that. Yeah, um, that's that's the thing. But people don't know that in your mind you're like, um, Jesus, am I going to be able to do this? Um, so <laughs> totally, that's, that's, mate. When those events get yeah. confirmed, I go home and normally Holly's like, Are "You okay?" I'm like. No. What the hell? <laughs> She's like, what happened? I'm like, they said yes. She goes, but you asked them to say yes. I'm like, yeah, but now it's fucking real. <laughs> you know? Yeah, I've got to admit, the 30, the 30 marathons in 30 days was... That was going through your head. Yeah, I didn't, I, didn't, I didn't believe you couldn't do it. But I remember thinking at the time, we're going to Dubai to watch this. Like, we actually flew to Dubai that yeah. a couple of... We flew to Dubai halfway through that, and we uh, we were down at Jumeirah Beach. The beach, I remember. Um, when you ran... Well, actually, I did a... Um, I did a... Uh, uh, was it a half Ironman? I did something when... And you came... You were on the run portion of that. That's correct. It was a half Ironman, um, yeah, but yeah, before that we saw you down at actually Jamira doing yes. doing the run one one day, and and um, some people from uh, Jackie's work in General Electric were running with you. That's right. Um, who go who go to the gym? So That's we right. saw them as well. Yeah. Yeah. But they they did five kilometers. I might add, and you did uh, <laughs> the marathon. Yeah. yeah. And my my kids ran with you for a couple of hundred meters, and then they went, "Oh yeah, fuck it. that's <laughs> enough." <laughs> um, but you know. Hey Marcus, where can where can people find out more about your your missions, mm. your your business? Where can they follow you? How can they reach out to you? And if there's any people in Australia who might um, consider being clients, where can they? Yeah, that's reach very out kind to? opportunity, Bram. The, the easiest way to get hold of me is actually through Instagram, MJD underscore Smith. I reply to every single message I get, 
And if you want to learn, if you want to do a bit more stalking, you can check out innerfight.com, see what we do there, or go over to my personal blog, which is mjdsmith.com, where I make no excuses for writing what's on my mind. There you go. And, um, and Trent's going to have a, an air dine at his house. Oh! Or a Concept 2 rower, you're going to choose, Marcus. Which one do you think he needs to have at his house and you're going to send him some workout stuff? Oof. <laughs> I'm going to... Can I phone a friend? Um, <laughs> I, you know what? I'm going to stick with the Concept 2. Yeah, I was hoping you'd say that. I'm going to stick with the Concept 2. Do you know one of the main reasons why? Is because air bikes, air dynes, break too yeah, often. one setting. And, and they break well. too often, mate. So that's mm, going to give mm. Trent an excuse. The, the, right. the air bikes we have at the gym, every couple of weeks, one breaks. I've had Concept 2 rows for 12 years. They're, they're like us. They're just good old workhorses. So yeah, get, go, get a Concept 2, mate. Diesel loco. Diesel. He said that one a few times. I love yeah. it. <laughs> the old diesel loco. Yeah. <laughs> that is me. That is me. So, so I just wonder, Trent, could you do a marathon on a rower by the end of the year? Called out on a podcast, Bram. You're going to be careful what's happening here. <laughs> but I love because it. Because I reckon ma- I could. I think a, I could throw a, it up with you. A marathon on a rower. Yeah. I mean, I didn't say 30, 30 <laughs> days. <laughs> the marathon, marathon row is, is, wow. is pretty easy. Well, okay, Trent. Okay, cool. But if you want to... I've said yes. If you want to... And this is actually... I've said yes. He said yes. A lot of people ask me what's one of the hardest challenges you've done. And I actually did a marathon. And there's a a phrase for it. And it's it's not very uh, sexy. But it's... You do the marathon row and you do it camel. So you don't drink the whole time and you never step off the rowing machine. Oh... And that oh. is one of the most painful things I think I've done. Yeah. It's horrible. It's absolutely horrible. So is it the same sort of time that you would do for, for a, a running marathon? For a no, it's marathon? a lot quicker. It, so that one I actually quicker, did okay. in 240. I think I did okay. about 244. So yeah, yeah. You're, um, you're a lot quicker on, yeah. on, on, on the road. So it's not comparable, like a 5K time on a no. row is not comparable no. to your 5K running time. Like I think every, every male, and, and this is not sexist, there'll be one for, for females as well, but I use the male one. Every male should be able to row 5K around the 20 minute mark, give or take yeah. one minute max. Um, Bloody, uh, it does it, do, it it does hurt. Five yeah. k in twenty minutes. To be fair, yeah, you've I'm, got to punch yourself, mate. You've got to be willing yeah. to to give it a yeah, shot. Yeah, you've got to hold on. Trent's gone um, really quiet I mean, peop- since uh, he he's committed gone, to. He's it. gone sort of green as well. I've noticed. <laughs> he's sort of colours faded from his face. <laughs> oh. Incredible. And uh, Trent, Trent, we will we will do a marathon together. There we go. All right, That's good. Beautiful. Thanks, Marcus. Thanks for being. I'm, an, I'm uh, there. <laughs> Thanks for being one of my one of my favourite guests, Thank mate. Thank you for having um, me back, awesome. mate. And, Appreciate and, it. And I'll tell you what, Marcus, if we get the, uh, I reckon Trent. Here we go. I'm going to throw it out there. If we do get the the vaccinations and the world sort of settles down a little bit, we might go to Inner Fight to do this at the end of the year. We'll do this marathon at Inner Fight. That could be that could be a very special wow. day. That could be a yeah, very be great fun. Special. But that's you're only doing that because I'd have to hop in with you, mate. I know I can. I, <laughs> I can see. Hey, we can do this all virtually. <laughs> yeah. we, we could do all this virtually. Or that. Yeah. Or that. that. 
It's still it's still doable. Still yeah. doable. No, awesome guys. Thank you so much for chatting right. to me. I, I really appreciate it. Cool. See you, Marcus. Cheers. Bye, mate. Cheers, Marcus. Take care. Righto. Thanks for listening, gang. If you'd like to find out about our parent company and the leadership and resilience training and workshops that they offer, please head to the Hindsight Leadership website, www.hindsightleadership.com. Hindsight Leadership, all one word. If you'd like to donate to the podcast and remember every dollar helps, you can do that through the podcast website at www.podcast.warriorau.com.au. There's a donation tab at the bottom of the main page and all donations are really appreciated. They keep the show on the road. And if you're interested in the Warrior U military preparation course, whether that's just the physical training component or the whole cultural training package, this can also be found through the podcast website, www.podcast.warrioru.com.au. Thanks for listening. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.